1: And uh, I saw some kids running around with their shirt it. on and it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure.
0: Uh, that's so cool. Yeah, do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean they think I mean, you're the man right now <laughs> for the <laughs> University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing
1: up you kinda look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But um you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanna make sure Welcome to our expanded coverage podcast only edition of continued NFL picks against the spread. Uh, Our good buddy David Graff was in here because Coulter was trying to drive himself to Bozeman last week to uh, make the picks. He picked on your behalf and uh, you lost some money last week, my friend, (laughs) on behalf of... I don't uh, have
0: any money, so thank God it was David's
1: money. Yeah, thank God it was David's money. So... uh, (laughs) Here we go. Uh, Last week, by the way, on the podcast only selections, I went uh, four and five against the spread. I got Indy minus seven, Atlanta minus three and a half, the Giants minus three. And what other one did I get right? Oh, I don't even see it. Well, we'll have to figure it out. Look, nobody cares. They only care that I went four and five. Uh, Coulter, you went two and seven last week. No, Uh, David did. Well, okay. But, you know, it was for you. Uh, so anyway, we were wrong on so very many places, most notably for me, the Cincinnati Bengals, who turned in among the worst performances that I've seen. I mean, they got boat raced by a, a no-win football team.
0: Think about that. The greatest moment of the uh, Friday mashup was you
1: saying, saying that Cincinnati, that the Cincinnati was going to win straight up. Yep. I'm an idiot. With that in mind... These are all locks. Here we go for this Sunday. (laughs) Uh, Buffalo is at the Tennessee Titans. The Titans are a three point favorite against the Buffalo Bills. This is a low number. The total is 38.5 because, well, we don't expect a lot of scoring, right? CBS, 11 a.m. for this football game. I got Buffalo. As a as an underdog, I think Buffalo is an underrated football team. I Indeed. think Tennessee is better than than what a lot of people expected. Certainly better than what I thought they would be so far. But I think Buffalo is a good team. I'm actually surprised that Tennessee is a favorite in this game.
0: The Titans are. So polarizing, perhaps in terms of not just what you think of them broadly, but in terms of what their performances have been the first four weeks of the season. Week in week out. They might be the most polarizing team in the league because they have looked really good twice, like exceptionally good. I mean, they kicked the shit out of the Browns. I mean, they killed them. Yeah, they did. And who did they play last week? Or maybe it was two weeks ago. Regardless, they've looked really good twice, and they've looked really bad twice. Yeah. I think that... In today's fantasy football world, the way that we watch football, the way we judge football, it's easy to th- for the Titans to look really ugly because at times they're going to because they have the the most consummate game manager at quarterback in the league in Marcus Mariota. Well, sometimes when he's managing the game, he's managing it exceptionally well. Other times he's managing it exceptionally poorly, but he's never looking spectacular. And oftentimes, though, he's also never really a gigantic disaster either. But on the flip side of that, they have – some of the best fronts in the NFL. I mean, Jarrell Casey is a real deal defensive tackle. He's one of the best interior defensive linemen in the in the NFL. Taylor Lewan. I mean, if you find me a bigger badass than that guy in the NFL, I mean, can't he, do it.
1: And by the way, he's been out and he's back and this he's week, back,
0: right? Big time. A- and then you look at their skill guys. I mean, your boy Corey Davis. Yeah, and my kind of guy, but more like egg on my face guy, Derrick Henry are two of the most polarizing skill guys in the league because sometimes Corey Davis is 9 for 150 and two touchdowns, and sometimes you're like, is he healthy? Where is, he, is he, he at? on the field, yeah. Derrick Henry can average one yard per carry or rush for 250 yards in a game. So the the Titans are definitely one of the mysteries so who you in the league. And I was watching the Bills last week against the Patriots, and I was really thinking to myself, who actually has a better defense than, than the Bills? They're good. I mean, the Bills are great at all three levels. I think they're excellent on defense. I agree with you. I got the Bills as well. Okay,
1: okay. We're going to agree on this. Uh, this one is a game that I look forward to every single time it comes around. It's going to be on ESPN Radio for you on Sunday uh, morning, uh, uh, 10 a.m. with the broadcast, 11 o'clock uh, with the kickoff. The Baltimore Ravens at the Pittsburgh Pittsburgh Steelers. I will say, as much as I look forward to this game every year, I'm looking forward to it less this year just because Pittsburgh has been uh, abysmal, notwithstanding their You know, win over Cincinnati last week. The Steelers at home in Hines Field are an underdog to Baltimore, three and a half points. Baltimore uh, kind of being put in their place a little bit. They were talking a little bit of smack coming, not even that. They were talking about the hype machine that is the Cleveland Browns, and Cleveland had not looked good for three weeks. And they said, here's what's going to happen. You know, we're the best team until we're not. And guess what? The Browns hung 40 on them last week. And Baltimore, for the first time this season, did not look good in a football game. That said, they're better than Pittsburgh. I think that uh, uh, Lamar, Lamar Jackson is the real deal. And Pittsburgh, you know, I said before, I thought, I thought Mason Rudolph was, was good. I didn't know why he wasn't more highly touted coming out of Oklahoma State. Well, I know now because he sucks at football. And he, Jeez. Come on now.
0: Come on now. Come on now. Dude. He what do we know bad. about the NFL? The number one thing that you got to realize, especially the number one thing that this right here that we're doing should teach you is the week-to-week nature of the NFL. No. You can suck so bad as a player and as a team, and that's not defining for you. You want to know why I know
1: that he's bad? Because Mike Tomlin went straight Jeff Choate and made his running backs the quarterbacks for 30% of the football game against Cincinnati. I mean, he's bringing up... J- what Jalen S- wa- uh, J- Washington or whatever playing <laughs> cu- playing quarterback in the Jalen Samuels the plus <laughs> in the plus one run game? Okay, because he doesn't trust Mason Rudolph to do anything. Juju Smith-Schuster has been rendered useless. They're they are they are in trouble in Pittsburgh, as far as I'm concerned. And uh, I got Baltimore covering that three and a half point spread.
0: Think the thing that you would realize if you looked at an NFL season retrospectively after it's over is first of all obviously the cliche of that the, even the best teams are going to lose four or five games. Sure. But I think if you actually were to look at those four or five losses, I would I would say the majority of those the time, more than half of the time when they lose, they're not losing heartbreakers, they're getting their asses kicked. Yeah. And I would also say on the flip side, so often the teams that go 4 and 12, they have 11 close losses. That's the dichotomy of the NFL. But I think that the thing you got to remember is the week-to-week nature. Like Because Cleveland beat up on Baltimore last week, does that actually mean Cleveland's arrived? No. Does that actually mean Baltimore has some weaknesses that we maybe didn't see? No. You have to analyze every game week-to-week. Like I said last week, so much of this is how well do you play. And I think that it really just comes down to how well do you do what you do well. And when you're looking at the matchup, Baltimore is more committed to the run than any team in the NFL probably because of their quarterback, because of their offensive line, and now because of the renewed resurgence of Mark Ingram. Pittsburgh, on the other hand, since uh, Ryan Shazier went out, they haven't been nearly the defensive front seven that they've been for 50 years. I think Baltimore will be able to run the ball early enough in this game. I got the Ravens.
1: Jacksonville at Carolina at the only reason to watch is because of the quarterbacks game, and Jacksonville (laughs) is a a three-and-a-half-point underdog. What's up with Cam? No idea. David Graff, producer. Cam's out. Carolina, three-and-a-half-point home favorite uh, against Jacksonville. I'm taking the Jaguars. I'm going to ride Minshew magic until it bucks me, and also as an underdog in this game, uh, you know, Lose by a field goal, you still cover, I'll take the Jags.
0: I got got the Panthers. I think the Panthers are better at home than people give them credit for. I think the Panthers are still pretty salty on defense. And I think that the number one factor that we got to always remember, too, when you talk about the new guys on the block, like I always say, you got a better chance to be good your first couple games as an offensive skill player in the NFL – then you will for probably the rest of that current season because people don't know what you can do. Yeah. It's just like when you're a pitcher. I mean, Steven Strasburg was unhittable his first four starts. He's still very good. But he was, you know, I mean, is this guy the next, you know, Nolan Ryan? Who who is this guy? He, right. he, he's unhittable, but then once you get some tape no. on him, you know how to scout him. It's the same thing with Gardner Mishu. He's caught lightning in a bottle. He's been great. It's an exceptional story. He's unbelievably confident. He's an unbelievably cool dude. And I think that in itself, as an upstart guy like him, gives you so much gravitas in the locker room, engenders so much confidence from your teammates. But at the same time, now he's got a little body of work. Now people know what he can and cannot do. I think Carolina, especially with a defensive-minded head coach and a defensive identity, will be able to shut that down. I'm, I'm taking Carolina home.
1: All right, we split on that one. Arizona at Cincinnati. The Bengals, a three-point favorite. How in the hell? The Bengals could be favored against anyone. Throw the throw these big sky screaming Eagles on the field. I like the Eagles to beat the Cincinnati Bengals right now. The Bengals can't stop anyone up front. They can't block anyone up front. I got the Arizona Cardinals, despite the fact that they're what they're oh three and one on the season. I think the Cardinals still without a victory. Cincinnati is 0 and four. Gimme the Arizona Cardinals. They're gonna get their first win of the season and easily cover this three point underdog situation. <laughs> yeah.
0: You hate the Bengals, which is funny because your most overrated guy in the NFL is Joe Mixon.
1: He's not overrated. He's behind the worst offensive line in the last decade in football. Which is
0: so crazy because they had one of the best offensive lines it's in football a couple years yes, ago.
1: it's unbelievable.
0: This is what I'm always talking about when we're talking about front offices, whether it's in, in, any, in any of the pro sports, there's such an assumption that if you're an executive in a pro sport that you know so much what you're doing. No, I clue. seriously think that some of these guys have no clue no what clue. they're doing. Like when, last year when the Phoenix Suns, when they cut Tyson Chandler and ate what could have been a $19 million roster bonus, you're just an idiot. And it's just like the Bengals. You had the formula to at least be okay. I mean, the Bengals were pretty much perennial playoff contender, for a long time. They they were stuck with Marvin Lewis. They could never get over the top and win games, but they were making the playoffs. Then they forfeit that whole thing by going against one of the basic tenets of football. <laughs> Have a good offensive line. Find me a great team that's had a bad offensive line, and you'll find the first one of those ever. I agree. I think that Kyler Murray... Finally, has a chance to break out. I think By the, the way, the
1: Cardinals have a bad offensive line too. As Amen. far as it goes, Amen. But, but nobody's worse than the Bengals. Nobody.
0: I mean, the Bengals are terrible. God awful. And the fact that John Ross is now on injured reserve. Yep. yep. I mean, there's a, and AJ Green's not off of injured reserve yet. This could be one of those things. This is the situation you get into, too, because now you don't have your dudes to throw the ball to, so now you're going to ride Joe Mixon, and then do you wear Joe Mixon out, and then if you lose Joe Mixon, then where are you at? If you roll with that offensive line and Gio Bernard, good luck. Listen, it I got even, the Cardinals. It
1: doesn't even matter. I mean, they're, it's over. They're 0-4, and they're awful. The, 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 the Bengals are done. Uh, okay, so we're both on the cards. The Atlanta Falcons on the road at New England South, uh, but not uh, the Houston Texans. <laughs> The Texans are a 4-point home favorite. I actually like the Texans in this football game because I'm I'm I mean, I'm just out on Atlanta. Uh they, here, here you don't want, not you, but people don't want to hear this blow it up in Atlanta. I agree. It's all just done. You, you trade trade Julio, get everything nah. you can for him, cut Matt Ryan, get a brand new quarterback, <laughs> and just start the whole thing over. Uh I got the Houston Texans covering.
0: David wishes that Houston was New England South, but. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I said at the beginning of the year, I thought my two teams that would regress the most were the Falcons and the Bears, and the Falcons have thrown up a couple stinkers, including week one against the Vikings, but then last week they just, just did not look good either. I agree with part of your premise. You can never get rid of Julio Jones. It's not happening. He's he's a folk hero in that part of the country. He is your superstar. You face your franchise, but I think you can move on from Matty Ice, and I think that's going to be a situation that the Falcons face sooner or later. You don't want to believe it, but it's a situation that the Panthers are going to have to face sooner or later, too. If Cam Newton really is out and Cam Newton's coming up on a contract, I mean, given the the state of affairs that's happened since Cam Newton won the MVP, including the fact that he's no longer immortal, he does get hurt consistently now, can you give Cam Newton $35 million? I really don't know if you can. I think that really hinders your franchise, but your point is well taken when it comes to Matt Ryan. But I also think that Houston... Has been knocking on the door, and they they've been pretty good, and they've lost two heartbreakers already this year. That's what
1: they do, by the way.
0: It is what they do, and that's what, D- David would know that better than anybody. As the only Texans fan I've ever met in the state of Montana, he might be <laughs> the only Texans fan in the state of Montana. But I still think that Deshaun Watson's special. And I think that the, the Texans are are they're right there. They're on the precipice of becoming moving up into that contention realm i got houston as well so
1: we agree with that lay the four uh take the home favorite tampa bay at new orleans uh tampa bay coming off uh this bizarre game this is a the greatest Rams. example of what
0: i'm talking about the week yes. to week, though because sometimes if the game plan just matches up james winston looks like the number one overall pick for the second time in his entire career yep. and they score 55 points yep
1: uh the uh New Orleans Saints at home uh in the Superdome Teddy Two Gloves a 3 point favorite over the Tampa Bay uh Buccaneers uh look man people thought okay well what's this team going to be especially coming in in the game that Drew Brees got hurt in Teddy Teddy Bridgewater looked awful but with preparation and game planning and a week leading into it I think you see how good a coach Sean Payton is and uh the the New Orleans Saints are two and zero in games that that Teddy Bridgewater has been prepared to start in, and Tampa Bay last week notwithstanding, like they they have some firepower. There's some good stuff there. You know, I love Bruce Arians, but they're not as good as New Orleans is. I mean, New Orleans. Defense is really good. I think people don't appreciate how good the Saints D is. And obviously, their skill position players are all pro type of guys in Kamara and Michael Thomas. So I, I, at home, I got the New Orleans Saints covering this one as well.
0: Ah, There's been two points I've been dying to make. So I'm so glad that this is the game on the docket because I want to make them about both these teams. I thought my brother last week, Brooks Nuanas from SkylandSportsMT.com, I thought he had a great observation as we were flipping through our Sunday ticket and watching the. You got Sunday ticket? You haven't invited me over? What in the hell? Uh, I got it it's brand new and I got a loophole. I'll tell you about it after the show.
1: Oh my god. I don't care
0: how you're getting it. I just care that you got it. I just Why got it. You just call me? I just got it. I was out of town last weekend. Schism. You That's what's only, happening in our relationship. You can only right? have, you Schism. Can, you can only use it on one device. Okay. So I was in Bozeman last weekend. You probably would have driven two hundred miles just, yeah. <laughs> just to watch it. Two points. One. I thought my brother made a great point. For so long with Jameis Winston, they've been trying to make the offense balanced and make Jameis Winston into this pro-style, roll-out, waggle quarterback. Last week against the Rams, they knew they couldn't run with Aaron Donald plugging the middle. So, I mean, and again, if you think you're going to be a balanced offense running up the ball at the middle with Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones, I mean, good luck. Right? You you have a a below average offensive line and... Not low average running, not backs. premier running backs, but you got Mike Jones, or excuse, excuse Mike me, Mike Evans. Evans, yeah. Chuck it. I mean, Jameis Winston's got a, a a major league baseball caliber arm, right? Chuck it. What happened last week? They chucked it. So why not just keep chucking it? It'd be interesting to see if Bruce Arians had the same realization, hmm. because I think he's a lot smarter than the the mentors that Jameis Winston's had in the past. So we'll see how that goes for Tampa Bay. Maybe that's a turning point for them, and maybe a turning point to save Jameis Winston's career. On the other hand, for the New Orleans Saints, I think the last two weeks. First of all, I'm not picking against the Saints again until they burn me, yeah. Because I picked against them two weeks in a row, and it burned me bad. I yep. thought they were going to waste the Seahawks. I mean, and I thought that. And then last week against Dallas, I thought they were in for it too. Not so much. Their defense is great, like you said. I mean, it's Ohio State heavy We can't even call it ohio state light it's ohio state heavy yeah with all the dudes they have from ohio state and i think they have a legitimate run game they have a legitimate offensive line they have great players all across the board but i think that that has overshadowed the narrative of drew Brees is an exceptional leader an exceptional personality one of the all-time great good guys in the history of the nfl one of the all-time great quarterbacks in the history of I the mean, nfl no there's no, no question yes. but last year we had a we had a Wednesday question talking about the top 10 passers in the NFL last season and I think Drew Brees was like 14th or 15th in yeah. the league in passing yards shocking. All I'm saying is yes. that the Saints have quietly transformed their style yes. in the last 3 years and no one has really noticed and everybody still be, and, and and this is this is such a tangent but this is this is one of my biggest problems I have with the network media covering like when when you have The network television networks covering the NFL, they are going to present to the general public who also watches must-see TV on Thursday, if that's still even a thing. The people that watch the free rabbit ears sitcoms, when you have that breadth of viewership, you're going to present the most easily palatable stories that you can. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're the correct stories. So the stories of the Saints for the last two years or three years has been just the continuation of the great marriage between Sean Payton and Drew Brees. How great of a leader is Drew Brees? It's overshadowed the fact that I'm not going to say Drew Brees has regressed, but he's no longer nearly as important in terms of winning games for the Saints. Mm-hmm. They've revolutionized their style. Last year, they were the, one of the most run-heavy teams in the entire league. They had a 1,000 yard back in Alvin Kamara, and then a, their backup guy in Mark Ingram had 900 yards and 10-plus touchdowns. Behind one of the better offensive lines in football, with a defense that plays great defense, people think of the Saints as this high-flying team. They still score a ton of points, and that's where Drew Brees deserves so much credit because he's so good at executing in the red zone. The whole point here is that with Drew Brees out, he doesn't
1: fall off nearly as much as you think people it's think, going Everybody to, right?
0: thinks, oh man, when Aaron Rodgers is out, the whole thing in the, for the Green Bay Packers is built on Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. So when he's out, they are screwed. Yeah, When Drew Brees is out, we're seeing right now, in full effect, that... It's a hit, but not as big of a hit as we thought. Okay, So So I got the Saints. I'm not not picking against the Saints until they burn me on the good side because they burned me on the other side two weeks in a row.
1: Next game, the uh, London game. First London game of the year, I believe. The Chicago Bears uh, technically at the Oakland Raiders, a home game for the Raiders, but in London. Um, The Raiders are a five-point underdog in this football game. Uh, The Chicago Bears, without Mitchell Trubisky, of course, will not – matter. The only question I have is over under sacks for Khalil Mack, 43. That's the number <laughs> that it's at. A- AKA every drop back that Derek uh Derek Carr makes in this football game. Uh,
0: two two points. First of all, what a saga with Vontez Burfecht. A uh, really bad call or I, I guess a really bad decision. I thought the call in the game was fine, but then the decision to use Vontez Burfect's reputation against him and suspended for the whole year, I thought that was that was over the top. I, I understand he has a reputation, but I also thought it was over the top. But what a story where he doesn't find out about that decision, that decision until the Oakland Raiders are already in London. So he finds out when the moment that they land for a week of practice in London that he's suspended for the whole year, so he's got to turn around and go get back on another flight. Good luck being the public person that has to deal with that guy in that right. situation, my God. But the other thing is, what a great stat I saw on Twitter. I think it was Ian Rappaport that tweeted it. Khalil Mack has one more sack since getting traded from the Raiders than the Raiders have.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's too good. It's too good. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's unbelievable. It's actually not, but it's great.
0: What does Jeff Choate always say? Stats are for losers. Stats are for losers. Khalil Mack's stats have been outstanding his whole career. But you cannot comprehend the impact he has on a game until you watch him live. Yeah, it's one of those things where we want to make ourselves numb to it. When he first got to the Bears last year, the Bears were on national TV a bunch. I think I felt I felt like they were on TV every week. But I remember watching Khalil Mack probably five of the first eight weeks of the season last year because the Bears were on either you know the the afternoon game that was aired in Montana or Monday Night Football or they were playing the Vikings or the Packers, which are our teams, or they were on Sunday Night Football. Whatever it was. The Bears were on a lot, and I was like, "Man, I haven't been watching the Raiders much, but I haven't—I've haven't been underappreciating this guy. This guy is an unbelievable player. But then you don't see him for a little while. So then last week I watched him, you know, from stem to stern when they're playing the Vikings, and it's like, my God, who cares about stats in terms of impacting a game? This guy is ridiculous, yes. man. I mean, he—he he impacts the game. There, there's really no player you can compare him to in NFL history that is a true edge guy who can get home to the quarterback at the in the prolific nature he does while also being the guy who can control the edge in the run, set the edge in the run game and then be disruptive and the way he can twist and turn. I mean, He's one of the most diverse players in the NFL history. I really do think he's a 1st ball Hall of Famer, and because of that, I think that the Chicago Bears are going to win this thing going away. I got the Bears as well.
1: I Yeah, I, I, am, I didn't actually pick the Bears officially earlier, but I am picking them officially now. Chicago is uh, uh, not great offensively, and it just does not matter. By the way, Oakland not great defensively, so I think this is going to be David Montgomery's best day as a pro. Uh, actually, not his best day. His first game was his best day as a pro, and I don't think he'll replicate that. But this is going to be a very good game for him, and I think Chicago will figure it out uh, you know enough to win and probably win by a touchdown. I actually think this, this could be a fairly close game just because uh, Chicago is not good on offense. They're just not. But they're so damn good on defense that it doesn't matter. And when Khalil Mack is already the best defensive player in the league alongside Aaron Donald and then has an ax to grind, Look out! I just think he wrecks the Oakland Raiders. Wrecks him. I, I, I honestly, and I, and I don't want to like, I don't want to do like, I don't want to. I hate this. The the worst thing about football, right, is 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 injuries. But if if Derek Carr makes it out the other side of this football game to to next week, it's a huge win for the Raiders. That's all I'm saying. I, I I'm, I'm sincere in that. Like I I don't want that to happen. But this this thing is is going to be a train wreck. Uh the Jets at the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles a fourteen and a half point home favorite over the Jets. Uh Sam Darnold still out with Mono, for God's sake. So now you got uh who's even quarterback. Well, because Trevor
0: Simeon got hurt, so it's Luke Falk, Luke Washington Falk, State.
1: Right, right. Yeah, we go, we go full full yeah, It's like heavy. I was
0: telling David during the show. Once upon a time, the answer to the trivia question of what college has two alums as NFL head coaches was Idaho State. Who would have ever thought? when Marvin Lewis and Dirk Cutter were, the right. two hit were with Cincinnati and Tampa Bay, Tampa, respectively, yeah, right. who would have thought, thought that one of the only, uh, think about it, rack your brain real quick, I think the only school that has two starting NFL quarterbacks simultaneously right now is Washington State, yeah. and those guys are be. Luke Falk and Gardner Mishu. Who would have thought that? Two undrafted guys, I mean, unbelievable. Um, yeah, I get where we're at with, the Jets being really behind the eight ball with Luke Falk rolling, but fourteen and a half—it's a big number. For the Eagles—that's a big number, man. I, I have a hard time picking for any team to win by fourteen and a half, unless it's Luke Falk. David says a six-round draft pick. Okay, so he is—he is, is the barely. sixth or seventh all-time leading passer in the history of NCAA football. So he, he prolific guy, but if it's the Patriots. That are a fourteen and a half point favorite, it seems just more realistic to me, or if you're playing the dolphins, it seems more realistic to me, right Philadelphia, I think they've been good, yep, but they have not been great, great, and the jets I get where they're at, but I just don't see them getting run by fourteen and a half i I'm picking the jets to cover. I think Philadelphia okay. will win this game, and I think they'll win it pretty easily, but i don't I don't see them winning by. Two scores.
1: Uh David, feeding us information in the back. What's the status of Deshaun Jackson for this football game, if you could? Um by the way, Detroit and Miami on a bye. That's why there's no forty point margin of victory because <laughs> the <Dolphins laughs> well, How about the Lions are being are undefeated though? Uh, but don't don't start with me on this. Deshaun, so Deshaun Jackson's Jackson, still out. Um, I don't care. I think I think that Luke Falk is in trouble and I think I think people are sleeping on the Eagles, man, and and I'm not sitting here saying, oh, the Eagles are you know going back to the Super Bowl or something like that. But this is still a really good team. And here's here's an interesting thing: when you talk about when you talk about Doug Peterson, Don Draper, Don Draper, he's this you know he's coming out with all this stuff that year. Then they have that magical run; they go and they win the Super Bowl, right? And they do that deal. And then the next year, last year, it it just isn't nearly as good offensively. And people are like, hey. Just like players, once you got film on a guy, you start to figure him out yep. and and all that. But also, it takes another iteration, and I think Doug Peterson is starting to evolve as well as yep. a coach. And I also think Carson Wentz. I mean, people just forget because he's been injured, and it's yep. a it's a very fair knock. But when he is out there, he is. So good, man. Oh, it's
0: rifle. He's, he's so good. I mean, his arm is startling.
1: And, and also accurate. Like, he's putting totally. in spots, and he's got confidence And Moxie. He's got all—he's the There's, there's only a
0: few guys right now in the league. I mean, Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Russell Wilson. Yeah. Where, when, when you watch him, even if you watch him all the time, the first couple of series, you're like, whoa.
1: Yeah. This guy— Real deal,
0: especially when you're like us and you college cover college football, <laughs> especially FCS college yeah, football. I mean, yeah. Dalton Sneak can throw. I mean, he can, he can spin it for sure at, at the University of Montana. But like when you watch yeah, him on a Saturday yeah, and then yeah. the morning games of Seahawks, you see yeah. Russell Wilson like rifle. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. But Wentz has an elite arm, so, absolutely.
1: Anyway, I just think I think. I think Doug Peterson has has continued to progress as a as a as a coach, as a play caller, and is figuring out what people were figuring out about him and adjusting accordingly. And I think Carson Wentz is 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 really that good. And and I and the Jets. I mean, the the, the Jets are bad. I think Philadelphia scores a defensive touchdown in this football game with Luke Falk at the quarterback, and I got the Eagles covering, even though it is a monster spread. I'd love to see the thirteen and a half. Of course, it's fourteen and a half makes it tougher. I still got the Eagles uh, in this one. Last game, Coulter mercifully. The Cleveland Browns at the San Francisco 49ers Monday Night Football. The Niners, uh, are they undefeated or are they 3-1 and one right now? 3-1. 3-1. 3-1 Niners, a four-point home favorite against the Cleveland Browns. I mean, you know what I'm going to do here. Your are Gus Tutel Lock of the Week. Give me the Browns. My God. Going into San Francisco on Monday Night Football with the lights on, the Baker Mayfield show, covering this spread and winning the game outright. But I got Cleveland – Uh, Covering this thing up. Here's here's what I'll say. You said this is a week to week league. You can't buy and you use this as an example. You can't just buy into the Cleveland Browns because all of a sudden they went and they beat Baltimore. No, you can't because they've looked not great the first three weeks. Okay, really not great. Here's what I will say though. They finally had a game that meant something in the regular season against the division. You know, leading and clearly the best team in the division. You know, Cleveland notwithstanding in the AFC North in in uh, when you're expected to contend on the road against a team that was pretty heavily favored in in the game and it's kind of it's not on the line in week 4 by any stretch but it was finally a meaningful game that they weren't supposed to win and they didn't just go out and win they went out and dominated and i think there is a level of self-belief that comes along with that we've heard about how you know good cleveland could be And, again, this is relative to, I mean, if you're 0-16, an eight-win season is miraculous. You know what I mean? Well, they should be better than eight wins. But I think this is a legitimately good team, and I do think that last week was a big brick in the wall in terms of building Cleveland for this season and what they are and their belief about what they can be and what they can do. And also, I think San Francisco is a pretender. Like, I don't believe in the 49ers. They have a really good young core. They have some unbelievable young players. But as a team, right now they're not ready. I mean, they are just not ready. What's your reservation? I don't. I haven't seen enough. First of all, out of out of Garoppolo and their run game is is absolute piecemeal right now. And I think They don't have a running back, right? I mean, Tevin I mean, Coleman
0: and Matt Breed are both hurt, right? Yeah, I don't and know if Jer- Breed is
1: even in. So, Coleman's and, back,
0: and, and Jerry McKinnon's out.
1: Okay, yeah, right. So I mean, you you, you just do that, and also I think. Having young talent is great. They, you know what they remind me of? They remind me of the Browns a year ago. They remind me of a Pretty team good. that's going to win games. Obviously, they already have. But I just don't know if they're there. Now, I, I could be wrong. I'm not saying I'm right or wrong about Garoppolo. Garoppolo. I'm reserving judgment sure. about him. He's got the talent, but does he have the consistency? Can he You know, can he just do it? Totally. That's the, that's the question I have. And uh, and I'm looking forward to this game. I mean, I haven't seen a ton out of San Francisco. I haven't seen a ton of San Francisco's games yet this year. I've l- seen a little bit, uh, so I'm looking forward to this. If they do beat Cleveland, it's not going to be some you know you know franchise defining victory by any stretch for San Francisco, but it'll be uh, that would be impactful to me even at home, even as a favorite. So I think Cleveland's going to win this football game though on Monday night.
0: So funny because so much of your analysis of the Niners is what I would say about the Browns. Mm. I'm not really ready to buy the Browns. Baker Mayfield's an incredibly charismatic kid. He's an incredibly marketable guy. It's like I said, the networks are going to shove the most palatable storylines down your throat. Baker Mayfield's already been on that hype train because he's one of the first Heisman winning quarterbacks to come into the NFL where he actually has a chance to be a true NFL quarterback too. We've only had a handful of those guys. Yeah. Most of the Heisman winners are like Troy Smith and Josh Heupel and you know on down the line. They're right. not like Baker Mayfield or right. even Cam Newton, but I think that's given the Browns a little bit elevated hype. Then you talk about the drama that comes with Odell Beckham. You mentioned on Two-Tale and last week. When you have Odell Beckham, you want to keep him happy. But if you keep him happy and you try to force-feed him, it ruins a lot of what makes you a great offense. And the one game that the Browns looked spectacular on offense was when they didn't force-feed Odell Beckham, right?
1: right. Nick Chubb went balls. Nick, ballistic.
0: Right, and... You gotta, you gotta move the ball around. You have to be the point guard. You gotta be the ball distributor. You can't just feed your prima donna wide receiver in that system because it's a spread system. Because it's Baker Mayfield's a spread quarterback. Just not quite ready to anoint him. I like Baker Mayfield. I want him to be good. I like the Browns. I want them to be good. But the intangible element of being the riding the hype train all season when you never did anything ever before, and then you talk about a rookie head coach trying to manage that hype train. That's a tough look, man. It is. It's hard. And, and I, but I agree. I think that San Francisco is a total mystery, too, because is Garofalo good or not? He's another guy that rode the hype train almost completely not unnecessarily because what does he actually accomplished? We don't really know. I thought every time I've—full I, I, disclosure here. Of every single game that we just picked, I've watched every single one of those teams— live for at least you know a quarter of football so far this NFL season. I have not watched a second of San Francisco San Francisco 49ers football. Yeah. I do have several of their players in fantasy so I know you know kind of the situation that they have on offense <laughs> yeah. just in terms of injuries <laughs> right. but I don't know what to think of the 49ers but I also don't not ready quite yet to believe in the Browns. So
1: what are you doing? San Francisco minus 4 at home Monday
0: night. Oh, man, I still think everything I just said I still think that the Browns will cover. I got I, the Browns. I
1: agree. And here's let's just be clear about one thing. The question about Cleveland, it ain't quarterback. It's Baker coach. Mayfield is is good headed towards great. <clears throat> Maybe. Yes. No, Maybe. he is. The question is You in never Cleveland, know though, man, no, cuz no, no, there's no, no, a, no. there's
0: speed bumps that can derail everything, especially when when you it's just like it's just like when you're a coach that prophesizes, the prophecy is true until it's not and then you got egg on your face. When you're a dude like Baker Mayfield who was just unfiltered and brash you can ride that momentum until you're imploding I
1: I get it about the hype and I get it about all that stuff but what I'm saying is I've watched Baker Mayfield play a lot of NFL football and and throw a lot of picks he is he is NFL and and soon to be not now but NFL top 10 and later all pro type of player so is Jameis Winston except for when he doesn't have his head screwed on straight Except for, in this case of of Baker Mayfield, when the offensive line isn't what it was even a year ago, and they've lost some guys, and you've seen their struggles, particularly in the passing game, as a result of pressure on Baker Mayfield, which, by the way, is the same as when there's pressure on everybody. Now, he's going to learn how to manage pressure better, and he he can and he will. But when you talk about his ability to deliver the ball, his ability to throw, his ability to keep plays alive, he's, he's... He's not nearly the sixth sense type of guy in the pocket and out of the pocket that Russell Wilson is. Yep. But his desire and his ability to keep plays going yep. and make plays is is phenomenal. That's gotten him in trouble as a young quarterback. But I'm telling you, when he harnesses that, and I think that he will, it's gonna be unbelievable. And they need to improve on the offensive line. They just do. But the fact of the matter is is that their issue it Freddie Kitchens is a major question mark, and the offensive line is is just flat out mediocre. Okay, that's just what it is. And that's a problem. That's going to hinder the Cleveland Browns. But uh, the questioning of Baker Mayfield, the question is answered in my mind. He is he is the real deal and he's here to
0: stay. They got to prove it to me, man. I mean, what do you, skill set and all that doesn't mean nothing, man. Like, once upon a time, James Winston was super good, too, and then he completely imploded. You never know what happens when losing becomes a habit and you start to implode confidence-wise. If he
1: has, like, he has, like a mental breakdown someplace or whatever and well, all of a I sudden mean, how, how, shook or whatever, I mean, how okay, hard is it to but... have
0: a mental breakdown on the NFL? I mean, look at Derek Carr. Derek Carr was an MVP candidate, and then he fractures his back, and he's done for of, two years because you never know what happens when you're going to get gun shy.
1: But if you're going to tell me that injury is going to be the thing. No, but I'm just like, saying there's okay. so many
0: factors that go into it to actually prove that you can be a tried-and-true commodity. It takes so much because everything you just said is totally true about Baker Mayfield. You, your line was he has all the intangibles and skills to be an elite NFL quarterback. He does. And you said he can and he will. He can. The and-he-will part is it's the, it is the biggest mystery in the league. But here's the thing. I was so high on Josh Rosen, right? Yep. Loved
1: Josh Rosen. Yep. I think he's gotten himself into two of the worst situations that you could be in, totally. and I feel for him on yep. that level. Also, he isn't probably the guy that I
0: thought that he was in terms of who just he is. Totally. Baker is. I agree. I agree with everything you're saying. I love Baker Mayfield, okay. man. All I'm saying is that. It takes so many things to go right for it to actually go right.
1: Are we being paid extra? I mean, my goodness. What we're giving the people here, Coulter. My wife is at home waiting for me.
0: I got nobody waiting for me.
1: My goodness. Uh, at the end of the day, we're both on the Browns Monday night. Boys and girls, hope you enjoyed this extended, extended Picks Against the Spread podcast only NFL style. Thanks for listening to Tell Newana's podcast. Check out the FCS Speculators podcast as well on all your favorite podcasting platforms.